I heard someone put it like this. One of the best moments in a movie that talks about envy is it's Rocky Balboa. Like his wife is trying to get him to quit because he's starting to lose brain cells in all of his fights. And, and he says, I need to win. And then he says, then I'll know I'm not a bum. Wow. You see something we are all chasing after and in our minds, in our heart of hearts, what we're saying is if I can just accomplish this, hear that, experience this, do that, then I'll know I'm not a bum. That's what in our heart of hearts we are all doing. We are self-justifying. And it's not until we find satisfaction in the justification that God offers us through his son that we can put to death the envious ways that are killing us all. Buzzy, buzzy, on the buzzy. Coffee in, coffee out. Troublemaker. This may not mean anything to you, friends, but it means something to the legendary Ray Comfort. It certainly does. Who was that, Ray? Uh, 20 years ago. 20, yeah, 25 years ago. 1999. Yeah, a long time ago. Whoa, um, was that 99 to, 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 is that 20-something years ago? Yeah, it was 20-something <gasps> years ago. Wow. Our friend Dan Arnold called up. He heard Hell's Best Kept Secret. He said, do you take teams to... Israel. And I said, I take teams to Santa Monica. <laughs> he says, I'll fly you to Israel, bring a friend. And so Easy and I went to Israel with our friend and uh, we had a tourist, what are they called? Tour guide. Tour guide. Who was, was he? Was Palestinian. He? Palestinian. Thank you for helping me out there. <laughs> who talked like that. He had, he had six fingers on one. He one did. He was did like, really? remember the giant of Gath from Second Samuel? He had <laughs> six fingers, six toes on each foot. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of strange. <laughs> And he made out that he was very spiritual. On the Sea of Galilee, he prayed the most wonderful prayer. Can I build up to that? Yeah, build up to that. You, yeah. you take it over easy. You, you tell it better than I do. <laughs> no, this guy was great, man. He was a real character. And he got a kick out of Ray. The troublemaker part came from when, when we'd go oh, to I holy can, sites. Oh, I can tell that bit. Okay, all right. Well, let we, me... Oh, go ahead. When you're in Israel, it's incredibly frustrating because they'll take you to what's called traditional sites and this authentic sites. Traditional sites is Jesus could have done this here. Yeah. Maybe. Probably. Hey, could have. Does. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, authentic sites like we went to the Sea of Galilee. Well, that's genuine. Jesus walked on the Sea of Galilee, and yeah. etc. And so he says, "This is a Catholic site, traditional site." He makes an uh, makes an announcement on the bus. Traditional site, no shorts because it's unholy to see. Uh, for a fact, for yeah. a fact. Traditional sites, no shorts. Go ahead. And I called out from the back of the bus. It's hot, and he yelled <laughs> out. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. And I called back, Romans wore miniskirts. <laughs> and then he yelled back, troublemaker. <laughs> and I was the troublemaker on that tour for the whole thing. Oh, it was great. Yeah, the guy, man, he was he was a, a real character. And, and I remember we were on one, at one side in particular, and a little Muslim boy was trying to sell us wares. You know, they got crosses, different things. No one in our group wanted anything. So the boy started to cuss at us in Arabic. So our tour guide boy... It was one of those moments where I wish I didn't speak Arabic because <laughs> he started to cuss that little boy really? out. And let me tell you, if there's anything Arabs are creative in, it's, it's profanity. It's and, yeah. And so anyhow. I've the, heard you do before. Yeah. Why did I just speak Spanish? Anyway, the kid runs you off, didn't. disappears. Next thing we know, his dad comes riding on a donkey with a stick in his hand and he starts beating our tour guide. 
No I remember way. that, Ray? Mm-hmm. He starts saying, I, and I, it's somewhere, I have it on video. He starts beating our tour guide. And we're like, hey, what's going on, right? Because he cussed his son out and whatever. And again, when Arabs cuss, they'll cuss your dad out, your mom out, your sister out. Anyway, so then we're on the Sea of Galilee. We go on the Sea of Galilee in this boat. Did you walk? Oh, it was in the boat. Well, mm. Ray walked on water. <laughs> <laughs> Spoil this. Yeah. And then we get in the boat and uh, we're going. And then the, the tour guide says this most amazing prayer. Mm. You know, Lord, we thank you for your glory and your greatness and the sweetness of your kingdom and whatever. He's going on and on and on. And, you know, we love you and thank you for your love and your mercy or whatever. So we get off the boat and he's, he's talking on the phone with someone, right? You know, as he was getting off the boat and stuff and he finishes the conversation and he comes over to me and he goes about the guy that beat him when we're on the donkey. Because we went on the boat after the donkey and the beating thing. And he goes... That guy is in the hospital with two broken legs. <laughs> what? He yeah, had his legs broken. He was like a some. He, I, I, he's like acting like some mafia dude. Mm-hmm. And he called up his homies after that guy beat him because this guy was seven. He was in his seventies. He was an older gentleman. Our tour at, guy. What'd you point at me for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> something about that age. And so he's like, "Yep, yeah, he's in the hospital with two broken legs." This is after this. Lord, we thank you. But what wow. they didn't realize is you understood Arabic. So yeah. when him and the, the other guy were talking out the front, you exactly what oh, they were saying. My biggest regret to mm. this day is I didn't stay undercover. Because, you know, they're Palestinians. I say, oh, hey, I'm from Lebanon. Oh, you know, I mean? but there were a couple times we caught them talking about us in Arabic. One time they took us to a tourist site mm-hmm. to do shopping. And we didn't buy much. Yeah, but they take people over and then they get kickbacks from the, you uh, know, the store owners. So he gets in the bus and he goes to the bus driver, we made $700 off of them or something like that. And then the bus driver saw me and he goes, <laughs> you know, I'm like, ah, if I could have been a spy, you yeah. know. Yeah. But when we went to Israel the second time, I tried that. I remember we were near Lazarus's tomb and I was the whole time I was undercover. We had some people turning. They kept looking at me. The finally guy comes over. He goes, you speak Arabic, don't you? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. The big eyeballs gave me away. That's what it was. Yeah. So anyway, buzzy, buzzy on the buzzy. Coffee in, coffee out. <laughs> coffee wow. in. That's what we refer to the bathroom. I waited yeah, we so long for like, that story to go somewhere and it just never landed. <laughs> it, was just it did for us. It gives Easy and I great joy. We often think about it. Boy, that was really... Uh, it was an amazing experience, Ray, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was that's, probably better than the story you just told me. Oh, way better. And that's where we met Dan Arnold, who became mm-hmm. a lifelong friend, a board member, mm-hmm. uh, one of our dearest brothers. He went to be with the Lord, but yeah, God connected us all through that. Looking oh, and Ray floated in the Dead again. Sea. Oh, yes. We cannot talk about that. Oh, boy, that was Everything hurts else. in the Dead Sea. Remember the guy that went down under the water and opened his eyes? Came Why? Up Yes, I I've never been Someone there. Someone obviously didn't tell this guy. No one told. I should have told him. He, his eyes came up like flame and eye. No, I mean, I've never seen anything. He must yeah. have had permanent damage because they yeah. were like beyond right. bloodshot. You know, it was it was weird. Hmm. Yeah. You guys been to Israel? Well, yeah. Mark, you have. Oscar, no? Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, I remember we snuck over into the Dead Sea at night. We, you're only supposed to be in there for like 20, 30 minutes. Uh, I wasn't with you on that trip. <laughs> and Valentino <laughs> took us... Oh, I didn't go on that. You guys really, oh, really? snuck over the Dead Sea. Yeah, we weren't. You're not supposed to go in there at night. So we went in there at night for like three hours, floating there on the what? Dead Sea. He said, "Just make sure you don't put your head under the water." But you can literally just float forever. That's amazing. That's really how Peter walked on. Yes, you got him. Amen. No, no, that's because I had a good joke coming. That's, <laughs> <laughs> amen. Uh, yeah, that's that's how they. That's how a modernist would say Peter walked on water. It was the Dead Sea. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't it, Mark, wasn't it an amazing feeling? Seriously, yes. you felt like you could just... You couldn't sink. 
Yeah, I mean, you just, it's like you're on That's a raft. That's salt uh, content. Yeah. Yeah. content, right? But you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to import that water into California and have a swimming pool people go to where they couldn't sink. You'd make a mint. I'm sure you can recreate that with minerals. That's and what salt. I was thinking. Just put a lot they of salt do, Wait, in. don't they have that? There's uh, these new um, things. There's you go to float. Baths. Well, you go, it's like floating therapy, right? It's yeah, yeah. Capsule, it's all dark. Uh-huh. There's no sound and you just float. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. We drank from the well at Bethlehem. Oh, no. Did you ever tell <laughs> us that story? Me? Oh, boy. Yeah. So Ray and I got caught up in the hype, right? We go to Jacob's Well, and uh, we're like, oh, and they're like, oh, you can drink from Jacob's Well. We're like, hey, hey, hey. So they let down this bucket, <laughs> and they pull it out, and then there's this this uh, ladle or whatever, you know, you drink the water. And we we just took it. <laughs> and he said, would thinking. you like to drink from the well? And we said, sure. Not thinking of the millions of people that put their lips Absolutely. on this thing. Not only that, they would have dropped dead cats down up for good luck right? and stuff like what that. What was down there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah we, we both got sick. Yeah. Did you really? Stupidity. Yeah, we did, we ever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, here's a comment <laughs> from Sugar Magnolia Cube. The Living Waters Ministry has greatly blessed me. Thank you for all you guys do. I love the message, humor, and the biblical loving instruction you all provide. I listen all the time. I love the Living Waters YouTube channel as well. Also, Easy's Ray Comfort impression gets me every time. What Thankfully, me? Gets me. What's that mean? Thankfully, his impressions are abundantly present in all the Living Waters podcasts. The banter is so wonderful that I find myself laughing out loud multiple times per show. Thank you all, and praise God for blessing us listeners with all of your talents. She meant to say, Easy's talents. Listener, um, please stop encouraging Easy. Thank it's you, really listener. I love you, listener. <laughs> God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your stop life. Ray, Ray Comfort's <laughs> signature book. Ray, tell us about that book real quickly. It's please. a book with Stephen on the front being stoned to death. And it yeah. lists all the rotten things that happened to Christians throughout the ages, rotten things that happened to the early disciples and says that it's erroneous to tell people it's a wonderful plan because they get, get the impression that you're going to have a life just in a bed of roses when there's a whole stack of thorns. That's the promise of Scripture. So yeah. it, it toys with people's motivations for making a commitment to Christ, and that's why we've got so many people who have false converts. There are probably hundreds of thousands of copies of that book around the 300, world. 300,000, I think. Wow. Yeah. I will say that I think that's your magnus opus. I think that's the best book uh, What's ever that, Oscar? What's it make me say? A puss? What, a puss? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Really, though, I, if I can encourage your listeners, if you have not read that book, uh, I do think that that is Ray's magnus opus. If, you want, if you're going to read one of Ray's books, read that one. That's my suggestion. Yeah. I and agree. I agree. That's very kind of you. Yes. And don't forget the Evidence Bible. Found it. Living Waters. Dot com. All right, guys. Today, we are talking about how to overcome jealousy and envy, I've something that confession. my co-hosts I've got a confession deal to with make. all the time as it relates to me. I've got a confession to make. I suspect that you guys are jealous of my humility. <laughs> hey, wait, I just realized that <laughs> you're not wearing so. the same shirt that you were wearing wait a 15 minute. minutes ago. Wait, 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 wait. You did change your shirt. I what did. happened to the shirt? <laughs> <laughs> to the shirt. Ah, we you guys feelings. humiliated me for 40 minutes about my wallpaper shirt. No, I you, went and changed it. Do you know who? Do you know who's who's going to be very upset by that? Is who? the person who got that for you? Do you remember? Who got you that shirt? It's your wife. My lovely wife. Yeah, well, I'll never wear it. You guys are in uh, trouble. I will never wear it again. Oh, wait, I mocked it too. I'll never. <laughs> I'm in more trouble. I'll I like it. I actually like yeah, it, Ray. Yeah, well, I'll give it to you. 
You really didn't <laughs> like it, right? That Are reminds me of Psalm no, David. Sure. Nope, nope, it's all over. Oh, no. I'd wear it, but I don't fit in an extra small. <laughs> <laughs> Does it come in men's? <laughs> no, I actually ripped the sleeves because I'm a bicep, so it's useless. Oh, uh, yeah, sense. break your fingers. Mark, were you going to say No, something? I was just going to say it reminds me of 1 Samuel 18.8 with Oh, Samuel. stop it. He's looked at my notes again. <laughs> <laughs> You're evil, Mark. All right, guys. Boy, th- this is a topic that is so prevalent among us fallen, wicked, evil, sinful creatures. And uh, it's very disgusting. Envy, jealousy. Uh, we've talked before about covetousness. I think they interrelate to some degree. Ray, is that how you pronounce that word? Seriously, I'm very confused. Covetousness. There's a ch, but you so don't do that in New Zealand. I, we say covetousness. covetousness. We just don't go near the ch. Do you guys say ch? Covetousness? Covetousness. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. say ch. So I should drop the ch in there just to be Maybe part you should of you just guys. stop talking altogether. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so guys, this is, this is big. I'll kick it off with a quote from my homie, Jerry Bridges. The cure for the sin of envy and jealousy is to find our contentment in God. You heard it here first. That's the whole program. I got nothing to say. That's that's the way to, way to jump to the end. I know. Yeah. I should have gone with that at the end. <laughs> but guys, let's talk about those. All of us obviously have, have experienced it. I think it's really the, the route to the turmoil in the lives of the majority of people on earth constantly wishing they had what others have, not being able to rejoice over what others get if they don't get it as well. And then from that point, it leads to so much mischief and harm and sin and wickedness and destruction. And murder. And what? Murder. Yeah, yeah murder's there too. So Absolutely. what's at the root of it, guys? Let's talk about it. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Well, you know, I think uh, being jealous indicates that we are not satisfied with uh, God, period, or his allotment inside of our lives. You know, Scripture says in Hebrews 13, to be content with what we have, for God will never fail or forsake us. What is the meaning of life? It's to know God and to make him known. He's going to give us every tool we need in order to uh, fulfill that mission. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Hmm. We covet and desire, and we get upset when we do not have When we do ask, we ask amiss that we might spend it on our pleasures. And all of this is just a simple forgetting why we're here. If you need it, God is going to provide it. On the flip side, think about it like this. You don't want it if God doesn't want you to have it. Mm, I love that. So if it's $100 million, listen, you don't want $100 million in your life if God does not want you to have it. I'd Wait, Ray it. has a certain expression <laughs> on his face right now. <laughs> I could use $100 million to further the kingdom yeah, of God. Yeah, right? I mean, so, and so we think, right? But, the, but 
God's ways are just not our ways. Right. And there, there's a reason why that fence is there. Yeah, what? so I, go ahead. No. <laughs> no, you've already had seven minutes, so you can take <laughs> Tea kettles, Wayne, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, I think envy is at the root of all the other sins, not other sins are at the root of envy. I think that anytime we feel inferior, anytime we build resentment, it could be envy at the root of that. And the thing about envy is that it doesn't feel as dangerous in the beginning, Mm. right? Like it doesn't feel as dangerous as fornication because nobody sees our envy. Or for that matter, envy can motivate you to work really hard and to be successful. And so in that sense, the envy could look like it's not hurting anyone, but ultimately envy will lead to action. Envy is as seen as like this sin that gives birth to other sins. And so often I think what ends up happening is that we see sins in our our lives and we try to attack that one sin. And maybe we put that one sin to death, but then another sin motivated by envy pops up over here and another one pops over here. And the point is, is that in in order for us to get the root of all, all of these flowering sins, we have to get at the root of why we are an envious people mm. and we are all an envious people. That's good. Yeah, we'll, we'll explore that. Ray, Mark said something extremely profound. He did? For once. <laughs> By accident. <laughs> Who was he quoting? <laughs> and uh, the whole principle of, and I've said this to my kids so many times and try to remind myself of it. If it's not God's will, you don't want it. I would go, as far as to say, it's the last thing you would ever really want. Can you expound on that uh, for our friends listening? If, if something is not the will of God for you, you really don't want it. You shouldn't want it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Our wants change when we're genuinely converted. We should. All of us have our own Gethsemane experience where we do sweat drops of blood and we yield ourselves and say, not my will, but yours be done. That's what a Christian is, someone who has presented his body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. So that's the key to being free from any sin, total commitment. Reminds me of a story I heard years ago. I might have shared it before, but you're going to hear it again. It's about Tootle. You familiar with Tootle? Tootle. Tootle. Tootaloo. It's a a little train. It's a famous train story. Everyone who's anybody knows all about this. I'm sure we've heard of it, but you guys use a silly name. Uh, Okay. No, no. It's it's an American thing, I think. He came down this this hill, this little train, and he looked at all the uh, lambs and all the ponies on the fields and became envious of them because they were so free. Oh, Toodle. Toodle. Oh, wait. Are you talking about Toodle? Toodle. Yes. And he longed to be one of them. Mm. Oh, Toodle. He longed to be one of them. And because eggs, eggs, he came down the hill and one day he leapt off the rails because he wanted to be free and all he got was utter disaster. Mm. Why? Because a train is not designed to leap about in a field, designed to find freedom within the confines mm. of the track. And when we are in the confines of the will of God, when we, when we are yoked to Jesus Christ, that's when we find freedom because that's the purpose for which we were designed. Wow. Great. You know, that really, I I didn't think about this before, but when you think about what's going on in our world today with the whole transgender movement, you know, I wonder if that plays into that, you know, looking at maybe a a woman looking at a man or a man looking at a woman, oh, I wish I had this Mm -hmm. or that, or, you know what I mean? 100%. Well, I think our entire economy is fueled 
by envy. I mean, that is what makes Western society move. We, you know, when, when a woman opens up a magazine or goes online, it's like, I, I, I don't look that way. What can I do? How hard can I work? What do I need to buy to look a certain way? Men do the same thing. We go online and we see other people experiencing vacations and cruises. And we think to ourselves, well, why don't I get to experience that vacation or cruise? Well, why should my family look this way? Right? Like it's the reason that we are motivated to work. I mean, so even in, even in ministry, for example, or not in ministry anywhere, we often look and go, how come I don't have that many followers? How come I don't have that big of a reach? I should be able to be able to do the same thing. I should be able to accomplish the same thing that person is accomplishing. And so the point that I'm making here is the envy is an incredible challenge for us all because we live in a time where envy is fueling the economy. Everywhere we go, the story has been created, designed to make you want what mm. other people have because mm. they lie to you and make you think that they're on the other side of having is satisfaction. Yeah, the, the fast yeah. food is made to look a hundred times better than what it is unless it's in and out. <laughs> or a winter schnitzel. Oh boy, mm. yesterday, man, <laughs> because you're doing a, a video on in and out right? Mm-hmm. And so I watched a video that Mark sent over by uh, Gordon Ramsay talking about how he loved in and out What an endorsement, right? Like one of the top chefs in the world talking about I've how- I've seen that. Yeah, he loved, and I'm sitting there and I brought dinner with me because I was gonna stay late at the office. And I'm like, mm, nah, I'll have that tomorrow. I went over to in and out and- oh. I did something I never thought I'd do and it's gonna make you guys cry. I went in and out yesterday and filmed the cups with the scriptures on them. And I purchased the burger and fries and I gave them away after I'd filmed. I didn't eat them, I couldn't eat them <laughs> because I had dinner coming up with Sue and I didn't want to destroy my appetite. Oh, but wow. I, I just love the fries when they're fresh. And the, mm-hmm. the, the way I saw, I got some videos where where something I described that the In-N-Out burger is like a missile for the mouth. <laughs> it cannot miss. What they've done, it, it just it comes out like lips and kisses you. <laughs> Actually, I, I just made that one up. I should send it to them and say, you should use this. <laughs> no. And by the way, friends, for those of you out there who are thinking now, oh, um, Whataburger, White Castle. False. Don't even try False. it. Five guys. Yeah, what? Well, don't even try it. Look, the closest... I would say to in and out that I enjoy would probably be the habit, but it still doesn't hold. And candle. for those of you who live, because we have listeners all over the world, we're for creating those of envy you and jealousy right live, now across the planet. <laughs> for those of you who live somewhere where there's just no possible way you'll ever be able to enjoy in and out, the Lord has something good for you in heaven. <laughs> you will have in and out. It'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. <laughs> it is by far the number one place I visit as soon as I get back from an international trip. Oh. Right to in and out. No, but uh, but seriously though, I've had others like, oh, you got to try a Whataburger, man. It's uh, it's like, are you serious? It's not I don't the know. same. It's honestly, it's I like don't Waffle even. House. I actually think uh, I realized. Woo. I realized that I don't even like burgers, but I like In and Out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want anything. Like, if you offer me a burger, I'm probably going to pass unless it's an In and Out burger. Okay, but hey, real quick, I know we we're getting off topic. Oh, yeah, we're off like, topic. We, like it's the first time we've done it, but <laughs> who started um, this? But seriously, th- this is the one thing I always think about. Like I go to a certain restaurant, I'll have a, you know, their salad or this dish or that dish. And I'm like, these people did not take the time to perfect this. If I was a restaurant owner, I would perfect That's every right. single dish. Amen. That's what they've done with the, with the In-N-Out burger. Have you had a Slater 50-50 burger? Yeah. Do you know what it is? No. It's a waste of time. <laughs> Wait, okay. So it's not, but it's 50% bacon. That's grounded up, put inside the burger, 50%. Really? Oh, it's so good. 
Is it, it's is, not in and out quality. Is it a restaurant called Slater's? It's a restaurant, Slater's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Slater's. trying to make a pig out of you. Forget it. Go ahead, Ray. You're going to no, say No, that was it. Yeah. Anyway, so what's the difference then between envy and jealousy? Because we're talking about both those things. And, and I think Webster really gives us a good. Mm-hmm. Oh, your friend Webster? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You don't know Webster? Yeah, no, I met him. Yeah. Have you ever watched Webster? We got in and out the Wait, other day. Have you ever watched oh, the show stop Webster? Oh, you guys. Easy kid on Oscar, do you remember Webster, the show? Do you know anything about it? No. Showing his age. Mark, you remember Webster? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's right. Don't envy. Envy means discontented longing for someone else's advantages. Jealousy means unpleasant suspicion or apprehension of rivalship. Ooh. Mm. So how do you fight your envy when it comes to my advantages, Easy? And how do you put them in a sentence? How do you fight what doesn't exist? So here's the thing. What thing? Yeah, the thing. Um, he hasn't thought about it yet. Soul, soul, <laughs> that is true. Yes, very true. Saul epitomized jealousy and what happened to him. It absolutely destroyed Talk about that, right? King Saul. Talk about it. He, he envied David. Uh, he had slain, That's oh, true. it sounds disgusting. He had slain a thousand. That, he thought it was a lot. And then the, the women started chanting, David, Saul has slain a thousand, David 10,000. And that yeah. got him upset. He got angry and envious, jealousy, and it caused murder to enter his heart. Wow. Yeah. And that's what jealousy does. Yeah, it always blossoms into something else and, and far more destructive than maybe what the yeah, initial Yeah, that's right. It's was. a seed of jealousy becomes a poisonous tree. Yeah. Jonathan Edwards said, envy is a spirit of dissatisfaction or opposition to the prosperity or happiness of other people. Mm. Isn't that true, guys? Yeah. Like, I mean, it starts at an early age, right? A, a kid's playing with toys, neglecting certain toys, not even looking at them, not going near them, not touching them. Another kid picks up one of those toys. Suddenly they drop what they have, they go over, now they want it. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. It's like, you can't have it, I want it. And that really is such a wicked thing to not be able to rejoice in the blessings that others get. That's good. Or even worse, when you rejoice when that person who has loses it. Yep, oh, that's yeah, that's envy as well. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joseph Epstein, not a Christian, but uh, observing envy said, and he borrows this sort of from Soren Kierkegaard. He says, uh, learn what you envy, 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 learn what you envy and know who you are. Ooh. Here's what he means by that. See, Soren and Kierkegaard in his tiny little book called Sickness Unto Death talks about how all human beings are called to live before God. But the reality is that we are offended by this idea. We don't want to live before something greater than ourselves. We want to live for ourselves, for career, for praise, for approval, for comfort, for power. And so Kierkegaard says this little phrase, envy is unhappy self-justification. Let me say that again. Envy is unhappy self-justification. It's when we live before career because ultimately our self-justification is never satisfying. We will never have enough praise. We will never have enough comfort. We will never have enough money. We will never have enough good jobs, follows, likes, any of it. We will never have enough. And envy is the realization that we're trying to self-justify ourselves through these other things rather than God. And I heard someone put it like this. One of the best moments in a movie that talks about envy is it's Rocky Balboa. Like his wife is trying to get him to quit because he's starting to lose brain cells in all of his fights. And, and he says, I need to win. And then he says, then I'll know I'm not a bum. 
Wow. You see, something we are all chasing after and in our minds, in our heart of hearts, what we're saying is if I can just accomplish this, hear that, experience this, do that, then I'll know I'm not a bum. That's what in our heart of hearts we are all doing. We are self-justifying. And it's not until we find satisfaction in the justification that God offers us through his son that we can put to death the envious ways that are killing us all. Oh, that's good. Charles Spurgeon, who was a Christian, said... Who? Charles Spurgeon. The more of heaven in our lives, the less of earth we shall cover it. Oh, man. Just put all the plants in the garden. There's no room for weeds. That's good. Mark? No, I was just going to say, Oscar, that was so convicting. I mean, I loved it. You know, I mean, I think that is something that we need to, you know, just meditate on the regular. I've said it before, guys, that when when I leave a place, when I leave work, when I go to get inside my car, I just want to pause for a moment and just take inventory, right? Well, what just happened when I was at work? What just happened when I was in that store? What just happened? And you're just kind of, you're regrouping, you're thinking through, how could I have done that better? All right. Let's move forward. You know, godliness with contentment is great gain. Mm -hmm. We can't lose sight of that. Yeah. And, you know, we've done an episode on contentment as well. And and we did one on covetousness. Again, some of these things relate and we've shared some of this stuff before, but recognizing that in Christ, we have all things. Man, Oscar, what you read is seriously, extraordinarily profound. And, And I think... The problem is, is that people miss that. That's why I love getting to the root of things because it helps us to really understand ourselves better. But that is what we're constantly trying to do. We're trying to validate ourselves. We're Mm -hmm. trying to create acceptance, uh, create an image of ourselves that other people will accept. And when you know who you are in Christ, who Christ is in you, it it really changes all that. Mm -hmm. When you recognize that, man, I have the creator of the universe as my God, as my redeemer, as my savior. And I have his fellowship, his company. I have the treasures of heaven. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has been given to me. It it just begins to give you that clarity of mind. Like, what am I striving for? These accolades, these possessions, uh, these friends, whatever. And then you start realizing, wait a minute, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Amen. And everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that really begins to become the cure that changes things. And you're able to, to be, I would say, a well-balanced, healthy Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amplified Bible, read it louder. James 3.16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder, unrest, rebellion, and every evil thing and morally degrading practice. Wow. That, that mm. brings out the, the hidden sin that comes with the sin of envy. And I look at Proverbs 27, 8, 17 and 18, or 23, 17 and 18. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope shall not be cut off. Yeah. So we make our hope in the Lord and just fear God. And with the knowledge that every thought that comes to my mind is seen by him, that's when we'll keep our heart free from jealousy. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. The yeah, Lord is good. our portion. He's our inheritance. He's our strong tower. Everything we need is found in Christ. You bring up hope. Jeremiah 17 says that God is our hope. And if we're hoping in anything other than he who is our hope, well, then we will be let down and 
be will be left disillusioned and discouraged, disheartened, you know, inside this world where we're only promised hardship. Mm. We're always grasping for something that doesn't exist. But when we put our hope in Christ and we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. He'll give us the desires of our heart. But those desires, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, will be the desires ultimately from Him. Yeah. Right? It's... I mean, I have so many illustrations on that, but it's just the idea. Yeah, and we always assume, let's talk, for example, about someone's circumstances in life. You know, we'll look at someone and we'll immediately assume they must have it better than us because of the circumstances they have. We have no idea what ramifications are associated with their circumstances. We don't know. I remember years ago, a pastor who had a very, very, very big church, mega church, he said people, other pastors be like, oh, you're so blessed to have such a huge facility. And he would simply say to them, do you want our power bill? <laughs> you know, like, I love the saying that says the grass always looks greener on the other side, yep. but you can be sure that the water bill is a lot higher. Or it might be AstroTurf. Or it might be AstroTurf, right. <laughs> you got, I mean, I've mentioned it before, but there, there's this, this great illustration about discontentment. And it was a picture of these two cows and each of them, you know, there was a, a barbed wire fence dividing their paddocks and each paddock was equally as green, equally as large, but each one had its head and the other one's field and was eating the grass in the other field. In the meantime, their necks were entangled in the barbed wire and it just said <laughs> under it, discontent. That's wow. so good. <laughs> Boy, that's powerful. <laughs> yeah, so. You made someone, that up. No, I, I, I like found paddocks. What is a paddock? Did, I don't know. Paddocks. That's a good. field. That's in New Zealand. You've been listening paddock. to New Zealand. Um, did anyone help those cows? Or were they just like, <laughs> No. Uh, yeah, they're still they're there. They're cows, stomachs. actually. Yeah, they we turned them, them into in-and-out Contentment for us. MacArthur said, envy is a desire to deprive others of what is rightfully theirs, to wish they did not have it or had it to a lesser degree, it's closely related to jealousy. And then listen to this by Nathaniel Vincent. He said, how much of hell is there in the temper of an envious man? The happiness of another is his misery. The good of another is his affliction. He looks upon the virtue of another with an evil eye and is as sorry at the praise of another as if that praise were taken away from himself. Envy makes him a hater of his neighbor and his own tormentor. That makes me really mad because all your quotes are so much better than mine. <laughs> are you jealous? Are I'm jealous. I'm pretty envious of it. Yeah, but that's pretty profound, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He becomes his own tormentor. It is. It's um, pretty and profound. You know, it makes him a hater of his neighbor. Yeah, it's like we act as if though that belongs to us. And ultimately it shows what I think is the ugliest thing in the universe, and that is selfishness. Hmm. Definitely. Ray, why do you love to be selfish? <laughs> <laughs> we have an expert here on the podcast today, Ray Comfort. Uh, yeah. Give um, us a quote you or just think, think of Cain and Abel, what, what caused yeah. that murder oh, in yeah. the beginning. That was jealousy and yeah. envy and selfishness. You think of Joseph and his brothers as had his coat of do you think do you think Jacob sinned by openly favoring Joseph? Absolutely. Yeah, he uh, was unwise. Yeah, unquestionably. And you bring up a really good point, actually, Ray, because you know, I think of what it says in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Uh-huh. Go ahead, Ray. Oh, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. This, in the yeah, beginning, exactly. God created mm-hmm. the heaven and the earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, children, obey your parents and Lord, for this is right. Honor your right. father and mother, which is a first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers... 
Do not provoke your children to wrath. Man, that well, you should put out a mumble Bible. Wait, I lost my train of thought. Do not. Uh, off the rails, that train of thought. No, um, what was I saying? You were man? saying Jacob about children. No, no, no. Children be a person oh, yeah, 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 for yeah, this yeah, is Jacob, right. Right, right. Children. Provoking to wrath, right? So, of course, we're, we're to not be envious. We're, not, we're to not be jealous. But sometimes some of us are in certain positions of influence, whether we're parents or we're bosses or, you know, we're friends or whatever, where we can create an atmosphere that will make it more difficult for people to avoid jealousy and envy. That's true. It's not our fault, right? They're still responsible for their sin, but you know, we can also create an atmosphere that, that can make it more conducive for people. That's to That's why right. I appreciate the fact you don't drive your Lamborghini to work. But yeah, I try you fly in on your helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, right. you know what it comes down to is it, it's it, using the sin of envy to motivate others. That's what leaders do in that situation. Mm. They use that. So a, a parent can use the envy of children to motivate them towards good behavior. Uh-huh. A, bo- a bad boss will use envy. I used to work in the financial industry where envy was definitely a motivator. It was like, who's making, you know, the boss would let you know, hey, you know, so-and-so over there, they've, they did this much last quarter. Hmm. And that's what I was saying earlier. We live in an economy where envy is used as a fuel to our lives and, and a bad boss, a bad parent. Is that always evil? Is there, any, is there any good way that can be used where you can encourage someone to be encouraged by someone else who's doing better? I think, I think you could do that if envy wasn't involved. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you can encourage somebody towards righteousness. Paul encourages us to live towards righteousness using himself as an example, but that's not, there's no envy there, right? right? The motivation towards righteousness isn't envy. It's to be like Christ. Can you have a righteous jealousy? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. For your wife, right? Over your wife, God demonstrates a righteous jealousy over his people. Mm -hmm. But all that you just talked about, Oscar, is so part and parcel of a fallen world. We've all done it. We're guilty of it. But when I'm thinking righteously and I'm thinking about the coming kingdom of God, and I'm thinking about the eternal state where we'll be free from sin. One of my greatest joys is the fact that we'll be done with wicked games. Mm. You know, those things you described, it's, it's these these manipulative games. It's They're all used to ungodly ends. And you stop and you think about it, like, do people ever think about what they're doing? Like, especially with the parent who praises other children. You're not like Timmy, you know, mm. you should be like, I mean, that's so wicked to, to, to what that does to a heart of a child. You know, again, their motivation is I want to get them to do the right thing. But these wrong means, I mean, the things people, did you guys see that video recently where those, uh, what is it? Daycare workers, that one lady put on the scream mask. Oh yes. It was scaring the I little saw kids. That. I yes. did not see that. Insane. Oh, you have you seen it, Mark? I haven't seen that. Oh, it's one of the most, you've, you've not seen uh-uh, it? I, not I, saw, I saw the item. Yeah. So it, it was a, a, a kids worker, a daycare worker. So the kids weren't behaving. So she put on a screen, oh you know, those screen masks yeah. from that movie. And she started terrorizing no the way. kids. I mean, you guys need to look it up. It is, I mean, the kids are, ah, I mean, scarred for life. And she kept like, ah, just to get them to do it, what she wanted them to do. She well, we just did do it, it without a mask. <laughs> Boy, do it without the mask. Do it without the mask. That reminds me, I did see a video a couple days ago where similar situation, these are young, young kids, like four or five years old, and they're all sitting in a semi-circle. Then you had somebody came in with a costume. They didn't look terrible, but they had a bag, and they came up to the kids one by one, offered them a goodie out of the bag, and if they took that, they would take them really quickly, and they would take them outside of the room, and then they would drop them off, 
then that person would come in all slowly and slyly. What? And then offer now a bag of chips or whatever goodies it was. And the kids are now no longer wanting it. And then somebody who wasn't paying attention at the end took the bag and uh, he picked up the child and kidnapped him, ran outside. But you see all these kids just sh- shuddering and, and screaming and crying. I'm wow. like, whoa. Were they doing that to teach them not to, to take things from strangers? To teach kids not to take from stuff from people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, again, the things that people do and how they try to justify it, it's crazy. You talk about parents causing their kids to stumble and jealousy and envy. I I think we could look at the father in the story of the prodigal son, where the father took the envious brother and took the time to pacify his envy Mm. by explaining what had happened to his younger brother. Wow. Yeah, it's good. First Corinthians 3, 1 through 4, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Hmm. And I, I remember one time being struck by this as I was reading it, the implication that Paul is giving here when he says you're behaving like mere men is that as believers, we are not mere men. Mm-hmm. We are regenerated men. We are, we are children of the king. We're heirs in the kingdom of, of Christ. Good word. You know, we had the, the spirit of God within us and we're, you know, it's like the illustration Oscar shared several times, right? Enjoying making mud castles or pies or whatever when, when there's a vacation at, at the, the sea, sea, right? Making mud, what are they called? Mud, mud pies. Mud pies in the slums. In the slums. When you versus... can be, you know, enjoying a, a holiday at the sea. And so it, it's like, guys, we're not mere men. This stuff of jealousy and envy, he has this and she has that. And why, why didn't they invite me to go to this? And why are they so close with, with them and not close to me? And why did they compliment them and not me? And we're all susceptible to, we all feel that twinge of, hey, how come they didn't include me? How Paul come was saying you're better than that. Yeah, he's saying, no, that's not you. Guys, you're, think of who you are, mm. what's coming, who your God is. Mm-hmm. You don't have time for this stuff. And so here's the, here's the thing though, right? We can say that and right now, even as I'm talking about it, my heart is stirred. Like, no, I'm not going to let that affect me. But then we get into the heat of it and, it and it hits us. What does this mean? We need to cry out to God constantly to help us overcome this, to mm-hmm. guard our hearts. There are certain things I pray about daily, or it's my aim to, because I know they're my Achilles heel. I know they're my weaknesses. And do we not recognize that God works through prayer? Study those things, pray over them, talk about them, get accountable over them until they're uprooted out of your life because they're destructive. That's good. Now, Donald Whitney, can you serve your boss and others at work, helping them to succeed and be happy, even when they are promoted and you are overlooked? Can you work to make others look good without envy filling your heart? Can you minister to the needs of those whom God exalts and men honor when you yourself are neglected? Can you pray for the ministry of others to prosper when it would cast yours in the shadows? Wow. Wow. It just moves. It moves me because, um, again, there's that internal witness of, as I read this, it's like, yes, this is right. And then I see how so far I am from that, mm-hmm. you know? But something in us looks at that and says, man, this is, you know, Oscar, we talked recently about the kingdom of God and you talked about how it's inverted, right? It's so different than the ways of the world. Mm-hmm. 
And man, I just want this so badly. I want when I hear someone else got something that I didn't get or, or was promoted or got special time with someone that, that I really care about too. I want to just, I want my automatic response to be joy and, and, and gladness for them and to look for ways to promote others and bless them and trust God to take care of me however he wills. Amen. You know, easy. I mean? You are an ugly crier. So true. Who isn't? <laughs> That's true. Mark's ugly, period. But Mark, <laughs> you were going to say, Mark. I, you know, Ray interrupted me again. So go ahead, Ray. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Hmm. Love does not brag and does not, is not proud or arrogant. It's not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked. It's not overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices in the truth. When right and truth prevail, love bears all things regardless of what comes, believes all things looking for the best in each one, hopes all things remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Mm. And that's uh, the First Corinthians chapter 13 from the Living Bible, which I memorized many years ago. I had that verse here about, you know, love doesn't envy. Sorry, that was the Amplified Bible, not the Living Bible. I was going to say, right? The Living Bible is actually better. (laughs) (laughs) But I was, was, yeah, I I just want to remind us that really, if you think about what Jesus taught us, right? Love is really the fulfillment of the law. On this, all the law and the prophets hang. And it's truly when we're rooted in love that we're not going to give way to envy because love does not envy. That that's how it manifests itself. And, you know, as scripture says that we may know what is a width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. And when you're filled with all the fullness of God, because you're steeped in the love of Christ, there isn't room for that stuff. Right. You're filled with God and it crowds all that out. It really transforms you. Amen. All right, friends, there you have it. Jealousy and envy. We hope that we've encouraged you today. And again, I can't emphasize enough how blessed we are that you guys actually listen. It it means more to us than we could uh, ever describe in words. It astounds us. Yeah, it really does. And again, you have helped us, as we've said before, to have one of the top podcasts out of any category in the world. One of the top. It's mind-blowing. And in the Christian world, very, very, very near the top in religion and spirituality category as well. So thank you, friends. Give us your thoughts, uh, suggestions at podcastatlivingwaters.com. Give us ratings and uh, share the podcast. Tell your friends about it so that they can be encouraged as well. And don't forget, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life and the Evidence Bible at livingwaters.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast, where we have no idea what we're doing. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, 
Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters podcast.